Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont, filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Megan Dilley, author of the book, Hearing What I Hear, Seeing What I See, A Poetic Journey Through PTSD, where Megan shares her poetry and words of hope for anyone suffering from PTSD. Megan, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much, Sloan. Nice to be here. Yeah, so let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, Hearing What I Hear, Seeing What I See, A Poetic Journey Through PTSD. Okay, so um, my name's Megan, and I'm a physical therapist working in New Jersey. Um, I've always liked writing. I was an English major prior to becoming a physical therapist, but um, during the burn of COVID in April 2020, um, many of the employees were redeployed to different areas of the hospital because outpatients was not busy. Um, Unfortunately, at that time, I was redeployed to the makeshift morgue, which was where the refrigerators were, and asked to move some of the bodies. Um, And that kind of changed my life at the moment. Um, I thought I was fine. I thought, you know, whatever, I've been through a lot of things in my life. I've seen a lot of things. And then I didn't know what had hit me. And that's kind of what got me to write the book. Yeah. And so the focus is on PTSD. So maybe we could start out by um, telling the listeners a little bit more about maybe what PTSD is and what that experience is like. Uh, Sure. So PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, It's most commonly brought about from veterans of war who experienced um, either a lot of death or experiences that were just really traumatic. Um, that's where we hear a lot about it, um, but it definitely has moved into different areas. Um, healthcare workers, uh, people who are abused can suffer from PTSD. Um, and it's just when this amount of stress just puts your body into this fight or flight experience um, and you just can't get things out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously not as um, talked about in my field or in other areas, but it is pretty much anytime you've experienced something extremely traumatic out of the ordinary, um, it can put your body into this. And at the time, if you don't process it, I'm a pretty introverted person who didn't really know what was going on. I didn't talk about it. I just thought it was fine. So I never really processed anything Mm -hmm. and my body just went kind of crazy. And I have um, a lot of hypersensitivity to noise, um, especially certain noises that um, remind me of that day, like Mm -hmm. motor noises, refrigerator noises, going through uh, CVS and hearing like the refrigeration sound um, is a constant trigger. And it's one that I haven't been able to kind of get rid of. So it's just, you deal with triggers every day. They do get better. Um, I work a lot to improve myself and get through the day. I do continue to do the same work I did before as a therapist, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely a lot harder than it used to be. 
Yeah. And so this experience led you to, to writing poetry. And so can you tell us a little bit about that, about how that helped you about that, that being able to channel your experiences through words and what was that like for you? Um, I mean, it helped a lot because it wasn't something I was talking about with people. Um, So for me to get everything on paper and words in a poetic fashion definitely helped. It's something I've done in the past when other experiences have affected me and I didn't talk about them. Um, It's always been a way for me to kind of get things out, but just not at this level. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And so it's sort of like a form of therapy, I guess you might say for getting that because I know for myself, if I'm experiencing something, not to the level you did, but just even journaling, right. Sometimes helps to get that, just get them out get the looping out of your head, right. It get, and get it down on paper and be yeah. able to, to have, and especially with what your, you know, your book is about PTSD. And then knowing that other people who've experienced that and are able to pick up your book and read that and understand that they're not alone through that. Yeah. And that's a big thing. I mean, I didn't do it to make money. I, not everyone who reads it is someone suffering from PTSD, but I think there's a poem that anyone can relate to. Um, and, and that was the thing. I didn't know, I didn't understand what was going through my head. I'm a very calm and relaxed person and I was crying every day and I had these emotions and I'm not used to that. I usually am very controlled and I didn't understand it. And, and the, the, sensitivity to noise like you feel crazy because you hear things at a different level at a different volume which can be a positive at times because you could hear something that could help someone but then there's other times where it is just so irritating um which is I have a poem about hats and that was one of the things that I found protection in was wearing a hat Mm -hmm. um Again, it sounds a little silly, but just having that over my head, over my ears was a form of protection and it helped me a lot. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I, I hadn't thought of that with the sound, but yes, I can totally see that, how that is a form of protection and helps with that, um, the processing of it. Um, so is there maybe a poem or two from your book you'd like to read for us today? Sure. Um, I'm going to start with um, sorry, let me just okay. find the page. Um gonna start with the balance in a wave because that's kind of what PTSD is. You're gonna be up and down and up and down and you have to just learn to control it in some way but also be okay with the ups and downs. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna start with that one, if it's okay. Um, All right, so uh, the balance in a wave. The crashing wave touches the sand and fades back into the sea. A thing of beauty that puts you at ease as you reflect on life's journey. The ebb and flow and you are at peace. The noise and strength of the waves can invoke melancholy fear and anger, but not from the loud reverberations of the wave against a rock. A motor is heard in the distance, the heat ignites an unknown clamor in the night. You jolt and are awake 2 a.m. in a refrigerator. A memory, a constant, 
overwhelmed and enveloped by sensations in an enclosed fixture that were suppressed at the time. A calm current erupts. A wave of emotions that are more welcome, but not this noise. You look for the crashing tranquility of the wave and its different elements that make you who you are as it changes based on the currents and the eyes of the viewer, the currents of life that change and are not constant, like the sound and reminders of the dead. You are forever changed and changing like the wave and at peace as the music of the sea soothes you and your fears. More welcomed as they lay intertwined in that wave that enters then returns to the sea. Hmm. When, when you're reading that, um... When you talked about forever changing, you're talking about the waves and the forever changing. I, what speaks to me about that is, is the reminder that it's not always the same. I mean, I, I'm not a, I have not experienced PTSD, but I imagine if you're in it, it, is there some level of where you feel like it's never going to end or it's always, you're always going to feel that way? Um, there is. And I think that's a lot of it. I'm used to dealing with physical, you know, problems. I've had a lot of injuries and a lot of surgeries. And oftentimes, you know, you have surgery, you heal, you rehab, Mm -hmm. you're better, not always a hundred percent, but this is something where you get better, but you still have your moments. Um, yesterday, I mean, I'm two years, April 6th was the actual anniversary of me being redeployed to the morgue. So that was two days ago. So this has actually been a little bit of a rough week. Um, But yesterday, I mean, just suddenly there was this loud noise in the gym where I work as a therapist. And it was this loud fan belt motor noise. And it went on for about a half hour. And I was working with a patient and I was sitting in there doing massage and manual treatment on this patient and this noise, I just, I couldn't escape it. Mm. And it sent me into a bit of a panic attack, but no one would really know because I am, it's, I'm so internal, Yeah. but I just wanted to get out of that room where I was doing the massage. I wanted to get out of that place and I couldn't. And so I'm okay with it because I know that's the way it's going to be. And it has gotten much, much better. But when my body is overly stressed, maybe this being a stressful week or just hearing something like that, it just sets everything off and it's hard to calm things down unless you just really rest your body and kind of get away from things. And how did you get to that point where you are, where you can, sit in that room now, even though you're uncomfortable and you're, it's, it's causing a lot of things inside of you. How did you get to that point? Did you go to therapy? Did you, I I mean, I know obviously writing poetry helped, but was there other things that you did maybe that listeners are, could do as well? Um, I've really worked at it for the last two years and I found an amazing therapist. Um, Her name is Shanta. And about, I waited, which was a bit of a problem. I waited three weeks until I finally went to go talk to somebody. Um, I was given the phone number by my director and I, I was like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. And then everything just, I was like, I don't understand why am I getting these triggers? Like what is going on with me? I'll see like a bag and it's like a reminder and it's, that's not, that me. <laughs> so right. I've been seeing a therapist for almost two years now. Um, it's been a 
great way for me to get things out. Um, again, because I'm not one to really talk about things. So for me to have her to bounce things off of and, and get an understanding has been great. And it's also been hard because sometimes other people don't understand, not because it's anything wrong against them, but they, they can't understand that, oh, physically I look okay, but internally, like my body is going through this. And especially if you're used to being calm. Right. Um, and I can say, oh, I have a trigger. But if I say it like that, <laughs> people are going to be like, oh, you're fine though, because it's not physical. So I also take medication, um, which was another step that was hard for me to start mm-hmm. taking medication to keep things under control. But I am also decreasing that right now, which is mm-hmm. good. I would like to get off of that. But um, and then just learning different techniques and tools from the therapist and from my own life, things that work, um, the hat, um, trying to get away from things, you know, if they are triggering, but not too much, you still have to try to get used to things again. So you don't want to just lock yourself in a hole. I mean, right. it's to, to live. Um, and I love what I do. So, I mean, that was another thing I want to be able to continue to do what I do as a physical therapist. So I want to use these techniques and learn these things. And it doesn't mean it's easy, but I want to continue to be able to do, you know, maybe not everything I used to do before, but most of what I was doing before and even maybe at a better level. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And therapy, I think is something that I know for, you know, many years it was, it was almost like people were, nobody wanted to talk about that or nobody wanted to say they needed to go to therapy. Right. And I I know for myself in the years that I've done that and, um, been willing to ask for help. It's when we stay stuck and we're not asking for help, but we're suffering, right. That, that internally feels so terrible. And it's so, um, it, 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 takes our life away, right? Because we're stuck in this space, but being able to reach out and um, like you did and talk to somebody about it and be able to understand those techniques or have these, um, these tools that you can use when something happens. So you do gradually, you know, continue to get back to your life, because like you said, you don't want to be stuck in your, in your house or your room or whatever all the time and unable to live, right? It's finding that balance of how can I manage what I'm dealing with, but then also, um, continue to feel safe in myself and what I'm doing and be able to, to live. And like you said, you love your job. So you don't want to, um, you know, not be able to do that. So I'm, I'm glad that you were able to do that. And that's, that's, I think so important for, for anyone listening, if, uh, you know, struggling or, um, having any sort of issue, being able to ask for help is, is a huge first step. Yeah. And it was a very, I mean, I, I'm not, good at asking for help. It's not something I ever thought I would need to do was go to therapy, but you know, I definitely am a, a strong um, proponent of it and believer in it. And it, it, it saved me because I didn't know what was going on in my head. I didn't understand things. Right. And just to have somebody help me through that initial phase and now too, um, yeah. it's just, so definitely a good first step. Yeah, for sure. And being able to, I, I'm, I'm the same. I think everybody's the same, right? Nobody likes to ask, ask for help. We think we can do it on our own. We think that, you know, but what, you know, what usually happens is we get stuck in our own stories and we're spinning in our own mind and we just tend to go, you know, even further down. So, um, what words or themes would you use to describe your book? 
Um, I think it's very real. Mm -hmm. I think it's very raw. Yes, it's poetry, but it's it's my feelings, which I don't I'm not good about talking about. So if I can at least get it down in words um, and help people with that, um, it's just a very real depiction of what I've been going through the last two years. Um, this is like the first year, but I've continued to write, which is good. I have another 15 poems I've written a little different feel, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's just, just, I think it's raw. I think it's real. Um, I think the pictures that go along with it are very, um, uh, they depict the story well. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's what, um, that's the most, uh, I, I mean, having raw, real emotions, I think is what people relate to as well. Right. We, people need that. And also, especially on a topic like this to, you know, to help people understand they're not alone, right. Other people are experiencing that. And, um, w- when you were going through this process of writing the book, what surprised you the most about it? Uh, I would say just that I did it, I think is probably the most surprising thing. Yeah. Um, it's not something I ever thought I would do, especially on this topic. Um, like I said, I've dabbled in poetry. I've written a little bit, um, my whole life, usually when tough, tough stuff is going on, I've written but I never thought I would write a book. So that's probably the most surprising thing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you said, especially on a topic like this, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't easy and there was uh, so much emotion and so much realness of showing yourself that sometimes that can be scary, but congratulations for doing it. Um, That's that's wonderful. And I know I looked at your Amazon reviews. You've got a lot of wonderful reviews and a lot of comments. So it's really, it sounds like it's really resonating with people too. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Is there another poem from the book you'd like to read for us? I would. I think I'd like to read The Weight. Um, okay. It's the last poem I wrote just because it shows how you can't deal with PTSD the same way that you deal with a physical injury. Mm, um, okay. mm-hmm. And so I'll read that. Okay. The Weight. Weight and resistance is added to your knee. It gains strength with time. Initial pain occurs, swelling occurs, although not easy. Healing occurs, progress made, muscle strengthens with time. Weight is added to your mind, a mind affected by trauma. You revert to the struggle, the triggers with time. More weight is added, pressing down on you. You sink and can't escape with time. It is reality. Added weight does not make you stronger with time. You improve, but the weight lingers, bringing you back. Carefully, you try to balance the weight to float. Added weight does not make you stronger. That, when you read that, I was like, because as I, as you're reading this and I have my eyes closed um, and I'm, I'm picturing this, like this feeling of this, this, cause like you're saying, you can feel the, when you have a physical injury, you can often see it, right. You, you bruise or you're the, you're, something is broken or whatever, but the internal things like we're talking about today, that weight that feels like 
it's coming down on you. Right. And it feels so heavy, even though visually a person would look and say, Oh, there's nothing wrong with her. Right. She looks fine. But then this added weight does not make you stronger. That, that is so, I think, relatable in, for any, in any situation, because it, it, it feels like when we, I mean, again, I haven't experienced PTSD, but I have experienced, you know, other things that, that added weight feeling like, for me, it felt like, when's this weight going to go away? <laughs> right. I can't, I can't, I was often felt like it was like a cement cape on me, right. Weighing me down mm-hmm. and added weight does not make you stronger. It's so relatable. That's so, um, that's like the perfect way to say it. Thank you. I mean, I think with me also, because I am a physical therapist, you think the opposite and your mind goes a different way that yes, you need to back off sometimes, but in order to get stronger, you add weights to patients' legs or to exercises to get them stronger. And when I push and try to do more and do more, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then it's hard to recover. Yeah. And that's kind of where that came from, but Yeah. And in this instance, added weight, isn't the answer. Whereas in, like you were saying in physical therapy, added weight sometimes is the answer when the person wants to get stronger or needs to, you know, recover movement or whatever, but added weight in this instance is not helpful. It's uh, it's the opposite. So that that's such a, that's amazing. I I love the the words. I love this discussion. I think this is something, um, you know, PTSD, I think you even mentioned that is not something often discussed in poetry. It's um, your, your, your unique way to bring this topic to the world and to be able to um, help people and be relatable, I think is, uh, is amazing. It's, it's a very needed as well, I would say too. So congratulations to you on this. This is, this has been an amazing conversation. We could talk a lot longer, but unfortunately we're coming up on time. Oh, well, thank you very much. I also did want to say it's also not discussed in a lot in healthcare or in police departments or firefighters who also have same some of those same struggles with PTSD. Um, I mean, from seeing things over and over and over again and seeing um, horrific things over and over and over again. I mean, this is something even before COVID that is is more prevalent in, in these areas of work that has never I don't think it's talked about as much because just, you know, going to a hospital and seeing things over and over and again and and seeing patients uh, amputations or, you know, there are things that are seen on a, on a level that um, other people don't see that also can lead to that idea of PTSD. Yeah. And then that desensitization from it can feel, I would, again, I'm speaking I, I'm, I'm just guessing, but it would seem like people would think they've become desensitized to it, but then actually maybe it comes out in other ways that they don't know. And that, that they're not actually desensitized to it. It's they're managing it in another way. Yeah. And that's not, a, I've learned that's not a good way of dealing with right. things either. Just say you're right. fine and be numb to something. So right. I tried that route for a couple of right. weeks. It didn't work so well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is such an important topic. And my um, guest this week has been Megan Dilley, author of the book, Hearing What I Hear, Seeing What I See, A Poetic Journey Through PTSD. And Megan, before we close out, is there anything you want to leave the listeners with today to make sure they know about your book? Um, I mean, if you'd like to 
find it. You can find it on Amazon, obviously. Um, you can also go to my website, megandillyauthor.com, and you can purchase it um, through Ex Libris on there. And I just really appreciate your time because yeah. it's it's been a, a, a tough two years, but it was nice to kind of get things out. Yeah, well, thank you. Like I said, this has been an amazing interview and I know we could <laughs> we could talk for another hour or more probably, but um, so thank you for joining us today. Okay, thank you so much. You can find more about the book, Hearing What I Hear, Seeing What I See, A Poetic Journey Through PS- PTSD on Amazon. And I'll link to the book and Megan's website in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.